The market is poised for a soft landing, but every recession is a soft landing until it isn't. Here's what matters. Live from New York City, I'm Lauren Goodwin, and this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we bring you the best insights from across the New York Life Investments platform because we believe that by sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody. It's the week of January 30th, 2023, and markets have been rallying. But why? Today, I'm joined by Julia Herman to dissect this recent relief rally and if it matches up with the economic forces at play, namely the newfound calls for a soft economic landing. Julia, where are we seeing relief in the market so far this year? It might be easier to ask what isn't seeing relief because every major asset class of stocks and bonds in the U.S. has seen positive price performance so far this year. So that's a super notable shift from all the pain points we felt last year. It's been a really, really nice break from all that red, but let me highlight the outperformers. Growth equities, small and mid-cap equities, international equities are also having their day in the sun. European and emerging market stocks have returned over 10% each year to date, with U.S. equities up about 6% year to date as of market close January 27th. That's really interesting because you're essentially pointing out that the asset classes that are outperforming this year are not the ones that were outperforming last year. So last year, the market was driven by value equities performance and international equities were out of favor for most of the year. And if you put together the pieces, outperformance of growth, small caps, international equities so far this year, one common thing that they have is that they're associated with cyclical strategies, the areas where investors prefer to add risk when they see the economy or economic growth turning a corner. Right. And perhaps the critical question for investors right now is what sort of rally this is? Is this a bear market rally, aka a temporary relief rally within a broader bear market? We've already had three bear market rallies in just the past year. Or is it a true risk on shift, the beginning of a new bull market? In order to answer that question, I want to connect this market performance that we've been seeing to what is happening in the broader economy. The cyclical shift in performance drivers gets puzzling pretty quick because there's a reason more historically defensive strategies like value had been outperforming last year. There was a dramatic rise in interest rates, among other economic pressures and risks. But the Fed is set to raise interest rates again this week, so it doesn't seem like there's a meaningful fundamental change at play that would be driving this rotation we've seen so far this year. I agree, but we also know that the market pays attention to changes at the margin. So if we look at the base fundamentals, only those, we are still in a high inflation economy met with high and rising interest rates, with lots of economic risk globally as well, namely from Russia and China. But what happens if we just narrow that view and look at only the past few months? It's a great point because if we look at the last few months and the changes on the margin, we can definitely see more of what you're describing in terms of cyclical asset classes that you mentioned the market pays so much attention to. So I'd break these changes that we've seen down into two buckets. One, dovish hopes for monetary policy, and two, lessening of perceived global risks. 
So starting with number one, the dovish hopes for monetary policy, in the last few months, we seem to have established a clear peak in inflationary pressures, and the pace of the Fed's interest rate hikes has slowed dramatically. The market is expecting only a 25 basis point hike this week, and the Fed seems to be confirming this after 50 basis points last month and 75 in several of the meetings before. Right. So then let's move to the second bucket of risks you mentioned, the the global risk side. First, there's Russia. The war in Ukraine is definitely ongoing, but the worries that the conflict would restrict energy supply and potentially send Europe into a deep industrial recession, those fears have been largely alleviated. A lot of this was luck. Europe has had a mild winter, and that's allowed Europe to get through so far with just energy rationing as opposed to energy blackouts. Second, on geopolitics, we have to talk about China. For most of 2022, China was focused on its zero-COVID policy, which involved physical rolling lockdowns. And these constrained consumer demand and industrial activity to a fairly large degree. But China lifted this policy at the end of last year, a little bit earlier than expected. And a resurgence in demand from China could be a positive surprise for global economic growth. Excellent. So let me take this from the top then. The market this year so far has seen broadly positive performance driven by asset classes that are usually cyclical. Explaining that to some extent on the economic side, there's been marginal relief from high interest rates and global risk perception has lessened. All of this together culminates in the dominant market narrative right now, which is an expectation for a softer landing than most investors thought last year. Right you are, Lauren. And as an aside for our listeners, a soft landing describes the best case scenario of the Fed's policy tightening. The economy slows, but without causing a recession. So inflation comes down, but without causing a recession. These soft landings are rare. The most recent example everyone points to was 1994. Couple things I want to mention about that. The first is that soft landing, of course, avoiding a recession is is a positive thing in some ways, but it can also be a challenging thing. For example, recessions can sometimes help break some trends, in this case, high inflation in an economy, and, and can help avoid longer-term slowdowns by resetting the economy a bit. And just another thing I'd like to mention, we and we've been making this point a bit today, but I just want to make sure that we highlight that calls for a soft landing represent a dramatic shift in expectations from even just the end of last year, a couple of months ago. A soft landing was gradually dismissed as a possibility throughout the year as inflation stayed stubborn and interest rate expectations got ever more hawkish. So actually, let's start there then, Julia. Does the possibility of a soft landing still resonate with you? Something I've been discussing with clients a lot recently is how the market is impatient. It's impatient for Fed hikes to end, impatient to get through whatever growth downturn we need to get through. The market is so ready to see a recovery and add risk. And by doing so, by seeing that recovery and adding risk, investors are probably hoping to increase their returns after a really tough 2022. So it's a very human feeling there. And to answer your question, as much as I wish it were the case, I'm not really on board with the soft landing narrative. I worry that the market is trying to will one into existence. And even though I understand why that willingness is there, I'm not on board. All right, the gauntlet has been thrown and it gets us right to the crux of this market debate. Is it credible to think that a soft landing now is a possibility? Or like Julia worries, is it wishful thinking? Now, we've already discussed the arguments in support 
of a soft landing. Inflation is softening, still high, but softening. The Fed may not have to hike as aggressively going forward as it has up until today. And global risks look less pressing than they did again, even just a few months ago. I'll add that Q4 2022 GDP also came in last week for the U.S., and it was 2.9% in inflation adjusted in annualized terms. Nothing to sneeze at, 2.9% for the quarter. But Julia, then what's your counter argument? What are the factors in support of potentially a harder landing? I think the most obvious one is the fact that GDP has held up really well. In fact, it's it's very much above trend, but that is due to big swings in inventories and exports, which happened throughout the whole of 2022. If we look under the hood at those economic activity numbers, we can look at consumer and corporate activity. And if you look there, you can see that pressures on economic growth are definitely accumulating. Growth is slowing. There was a plunge in housing investment that was also buried in that fourth quarter GDP number. So I think that's poignant for housing market sentiment. And we've seen a little bit of news flow about how rent prices are starting to come down. So it's a good time to remind our listeners that there is a meaningful policy lag through which the interest rate hikes that the Fed has been enacting for over a year through which those interest rate hikes work to slow the economy. And most economic practitioners like us would argue that we haven't nearly seen the full impact of higher interest rates on the economy just yet. What would you say about the recent market relief there then? Do we expect to see that market relief subside as well? So there's been a really troubling disconnect between the Fed and the market for the past few months. We've discussed this on the pod before, but let's recap that quickly. The market's expectations for interest rates this cycle are dramatically lower than what the Fed is signaling. As of December, most Fed governors expected the policy rate to end 2023 at about five and a quarter percent. So ending 2023 at five and a quarter. But the market sees us ending the year at four and a half percent. So it's a 75 basis point difference, and the market's expectations just keep moving lower so far this year. So that gap between the Fed and the market has been widening. Let me translate that into potential broad market impacts. If the market is right, interest rate relief could very well support a more durable market upswing. But if the Fed is right, another hawkish adjustment could spark a new leg down for equities and bonds. And that feels like a binary scenario, is it? Not necessarily. And that's because what we've seen already this year is how quickly the market narrative can change and change back and forth even. So instead, it's easier to imagine the market being caught between two scenarios, potential relief on interest rates and a growth slowdown as we go through the rest of the year. That brings us to our portfolio pause, a segment of the program where we share an investment idea. Julia has highlighted that the confidence interval around economic outcomes this year is wide. And so we expect market narratives to continue to shift between soft landing and hard landing scenarios over the next few months. In our view, this could point to continued volatility in both directions and puts even more impetus on investors to focus on durable themes. So as the market potentially bumps along throughout the year, we are increasingly constructive on how investors can generate income as a buffer against uncertainty in price return. 
So when it comes to income generating equity, we like quality value equities. We've liked these for some time, along with infrastructure equities. And while the spread opportunity in fixed income has closed in the last few months, the yield opportunity remains compelling in strategies that focus on careful credit analysis. Incredibly well said. And we believe that balancing the income or yield opportunity with resilience against slowing growth will be key for investors in the coming months. And as we close our conversation today, I just want to thank you, Julia, for providing such valuable insight into the market tea leaves. Always glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Coming up next, the Fed meets on Wednesday and is expected to deliver a 25 basis point interest rate hike. Where the market will really be paying attention is in how Chair Powell presents that information. Is it more hawkish or more dovish ahead? Then the December jobs report is out on Friday and we'll be back next week with our read on both. But that's it for today. We'll be back next week for more Market Matters. In the meantime, please remember to give us a like, follow, or review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have a question or topic of interest, reach out to us on social media. You can find our views at newyorklifeinvestments.com and click the Insights tab. Until then, see you next time. I'm Lauren Goodwin. Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamox and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I will now read our disclosures from compliance. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which may vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific date, is subject to change, and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or adopt any investment strategy. There's no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is both a service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with New York Life Insurance Company. Securities are distributed by Nye Life Distributors, LLC, 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302, a wholly owned subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company. Nye Life Distributors, LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.